welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Hello, everybody. Whoa. We're back again. Is it really us? Is it really? Is it really time? I think it. It's time. Has it been us. two weeks? I believe it has. Wow. Since, has it been? It's been two weeks since Chris Mass. It has been two weeks since the the mass of of Chris. Since yes. Oh, oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. why is he going to mass every year? It's the oh. only time he should get yeah. to church more often. Yeah. That was that was a thing in my life where like once a year I had to go to Christmas mass and I was like, mm. but mm. I'm a, I, but I'm a heathen so, there, yes, yeah, you know Catholic school did you dirty? It did, um, did me real dirty, my dude. Oh boy. Oh man. Well, folks, we're back with another <laughs> episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Zach. I'm Griffin, and uh, we have some. Finally, we can share this news with you guys. Uh, if you remember back uh, a handful of episodes ago, we made this really cool time portal oh, that yes. allowed us to go way farther in the future than we intended, but we ended up uh, in the ninth world and with our friend Zan. Pulled a dear friend of ours, yeah, that came, popped back through and uh, walked us through some of the fantastic creatures that live in the ninth world. Mm-hmm. And, um but, well, we, we, yeah, we had looked in, you know, to wanting to get a few, you know, a few creatures for the shop uh, earlier. However, mm-hmm. in the move from Bemidji to, you know, the, the B-Try, we, uh, look, the, there was a debacle with the movers. The movers lost our, our GD portal. Our GD portal. I don't man. know how you lose a portal. We did have to disassemble it. But it's not like they lost, like, the one power crystal or anything. They lost the entire portal. The whole structure the of the portal thing. was lost. But they I found it. I don't know it. how you do that. They did find it eventually after some... Some uh, uh, some lawyers were called. Yeah. Lit a fire under their butts. That was a lot of work we did. Mm. And I felt like we deserved to have it found. I don't know. Was that too hasty of us? No. It's our, it's our GD portal. That's fair. It is our GD portal. We built that GD portal. Anyway, we have the portal back. Our heart and hands. to celebrate the transition of what was previously the Palm Says podcast on Ghostlight Media, which is now the Imprinted Echoes podcast on Ghostlight Media, we're going to pull some uh, some more fantastic uh, friends from the Ninth World. Yeah. From the good old Ninth World Creechieri. Creechieri. Creechieri, I love it. Um, hey, thanks. Yeah, there was a there was a name change on the podcast uh, on on the network. So what was previously Palimpsest, as Zach said, is now Printed Echoes. It's the exact same show, same people, same storyline, same characters. Nothing just has a changed. different name, just a different branding. Um, so yeah, but uh, how, well, figured we'd help out our 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 good old Ghostlight buddies and. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, it's great episode fodder. So, oh, most definitely. There's so many fun creatures, and yeah. we're very excited to share them with you. Yeah, uh, Zach. Yeah, I actually have a game for you. 
This makes me nervous, but go ahead. I have a game for you to lead us into... Um, the Ninth World is full of wild stuff with very yes. strange names. Okay. And the creatures with, with certain names, you can't really... Like in, in the Forgotten Realms, you know, sometimes the the creatures are named pretty appropriately, you know, like a, like a cloaker. It looks like a big cloak, right? Yes. But the names don't really equate that well in the Ninth World. So what I have prepared here is a series of three names. Okay. Two of, two of them are Ninth World monsters. One okay. of them is a UTP candy. And okay. You 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 will need to do your best to guess the candy of these okay. three. Oh, all right. Are you ready? I think so. Your first batch: Blitzer, Nurungi, Glacier Slime. I'm gonna guess. What was the middle one? Garungi. Nurungi. Nurungi. I'm gonna guess that's the candy. You are correct. Yes. It is a Japanese burnt rice candy. There we go. All right. Your second set. There's four. Okay. Musk Stick, Gray Sampler, Sky Smasher. I'm going to guess the Sky Smasher is the candy. Incorrect. No. It's the Musk Stick. (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) This is a real candy. I know nothing about it aside from its name, but now that I've done a quick Google search, um, they resemble, as the description here says, extruded toothpaste. They're made mostly of musk essence, gelatin, and icing sugar. This sounds awful. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's not the it's not the worst on here though. All right, here's your second or your third set: Varadimos, crickets, plasmar. I'm going to guess crickets are the candy. You are correct again. Yay! They are uh, dried crickets covered in bacon and cheese dust. Okay. All right, two for three. Not bad. And last one. Are you ready? I am ready. Slurge, trawl, and plop. These are all awful. Yep. Slurge, trawl, and plop. As much as I don't want to say, I'm pretty sure Plop is the candy. Plop is the candy. Well done, oh, Zachary. <laughs> all right, three for four. I'm doing all right. That was a fun game. Uh, it came to me in a dream last night. Uh, oh, that was very and good. And I decided to, decided to bust this out. I think Plop is just like, it looks to be just little chocolate squares filled with caramel. Um, it's not that buck wild. I oh, think it's Plop. I think it's a, it's a Swedish chocolate. <laughs> Yeah. All right. But uh, all of those other names are, in fact, monsters in the Ninth World Creaturary. So. That's great. That's buck wild. Yep. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's do this episode. All right. I'm going to blow my nose real quick. You did pretty good there. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I was really, man, I don't know what a slurge is. I really just uh, kind of scrolled through the, the Creaturary looking for <laughs> names. And I was like, Slurge, tell me more. I just really didn't want Musk Stick to be a candy. Alas, here we are. Alas, it was Musk, musk Stick. So, uh, 
diving back into the the ninth world, if you missed our first ninth world episode, I'd highly recommend you go check it out. You can go back to episode 25 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop for our first foray into uh, the ninth world with our friend Zam, the showrunner of uh, Imprinted Echoes. But uh, Imprinted Echoes and the ninth world um, take place around the, the world of Numenera, which is the whole premise is the civilization has risen and fallen completely eight times throughout the history of the universe, and this is the ninth iteration. So there's all these strange hybrids and leftover forgotten technologies and strange artificially made creatures, etc., etc., etc. In short, a lot of buck wild shit. Mm-hmm. Um, as indicated by that list of names that I gave Zach. Yes. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to ease you in a little bit uh, with our first creature of the episode. We have a warder. Okay, hit me, hit me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Warders uh, are they're they're basically just robo dogs. Well, that's pretty nice. Yeah, they resemble they resemble a dog. Uh, or a you know a, a wolf, some sort of four-legged um, L- lupine creature. canine or lupine, yeah, somewhere in, somewhere in that dimension. Kind of kind of pretty angular in their shapes, metallic exterior, an angular quadruped of dull metal. A warder gives the impression of being nothing more than a not particularly impressive automaton until it moves. Then it takes on a springy, predatory, and lifelike demeanor. Though expressionless, its convincingly articulated metallic head and tail communicate a watchful menace when regarding a creature that might prove to be a threat to its ward. All right. That's rad. As the name would suggest, it it would seem like they are able to kind of uh, be attached to or associated with an individual, someone to protect, and they are just kind of passive and unassuming and just look like a kind of clunky robo-dog until the time comes to strike. And In which it, case... And then it goes into battle mode. Yeah, and then it's, you know, blades flip out of its side. I don't know if it actually does that or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. In the it, picture, in the creciary, it is holding... A, it just looks like a sword in its mouth. This is fair. In its jaws, like the great gray wolf Sif. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fair. Look down at um, at combat. Uh, it says a warder can slash a foe with a blade on its telescoping tail. Nice. Which can extend up to a short range as part of an attack. Or, instead of slashing with its tail, the warder can disarm foes uh, by grabbing them in its jaws. The warder does not give up the object unless commanded to do so by its ward or until the fight is over. That's funny, because it's, like, it's like, okay, drop it, drop it. Dro- hey, drop it. <laughs> Good warder. Nice. Good boy. Primarily, warders show protection toward its ward and tolerance to its ward's allies. Uh, On the other hand, the creature will attack anything that threatens the ward or the ward's territory. Though emotionless, its bond with the ward is strong. A warder will overcome many setbacks to find a ward that it has been separated from. Aww. That's really nice. It's a little. It's that's a loyal robot. Is robot diminutive? Is that like automaton? Yeah, because like there's there's obviously like a sense of like soul in there. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's got like I don't know if you can program loyalty. That's fair. 
I also don't really we don't really need to dive into the this sort of meta philosophical discussion right now, but it, it can get pretty deep. I don't know. We'll we'll yeah we'll talk about it later in in, in the wee hours when yeah. we're when we're drunk and sad. <laughs> yeah, pet shop after dark. There we go. Why haven't we done a pet shop after dark? Pet shop nights. Is that is that Patreon content? I think that's Patreon content. I think that's Patreon content, folks. Uh, we have recently updated the entire Patreon for Ghostlight Media with new rewards and exclusive content for the tiers that you back. So if you uh, want some uh, Patreon exclusive pet shop content, which may or may not be pet shop after dark or zach and i get really drunk and talk about creatures talk about dragons and shit that'd be very fun that'd be very funny uh you should check out uh patreon.com slash ghostlight media and join us uh as join the lovely family of patrons that we have yeah you can come hang out with us on our discord ask us questions you can well, I mean, that, that's pretty much that's what you do on a Discord. Is you, you, you yeah. say hi and you talk we're, and, and we're stuff. working we're working on some stuff. It's still it's still we're still rolling some stuff out, but there's a lot of stuff that will be added. And yeah, it'll be very cool, and you'll get lots of cool rewards. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it says uh, continuing on with warders that in a nearby community, a warder maintains a bond with its deceased ward, keeping watch over their grave years after they pass away. The warder ranges about the cemetery and community by day, threatening those who draw near, apparently believing that doing so protects the ward. In the evening, it returns to the grave, lies down on top of it, and keeps watch all night long. Oh, God. You see real-world dogs that do that, dog. Yeah. If the warder could be shown that its ward is deceased, that might overcome whatever internal glitch keeps it near the grave, or maybe the warder knows something that the community does not. Interesting. Ooh, that's really cool. There's a lot of stories there. I see why Zan digs this shit. <laughs> yeah, for real though, that's really nifty. I now, yeah yes. I I want to see. Um, you ever watch Jimmy Neutron? Uh, yeah. I want to see what the plot of Jimmy Neutron would be like if his mechanical dog Goddard was, was a warder. warder instead, instead of just like a a, a utility bot. Yeah. And is instead a, a, a hyper, not violent, but all, a, all right with violence. And, a a territorial that, sword dog. Yes. As opposed oh, to a, sometimes a bike. That's a very good way of describing it. I like the, the term territorial sword dog. <laughs> that might be Manly's third favorite band. Noted. <clears throat> I can't laugh a lot right now because it'll make me cough. So apologies, podcast it'll listeners. It'll make you cough. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but yeah, no, these things are—they're red. I mean, it's—it is a—it is a robot dog. So most things you do with your dog, I mean, I don't know how petting a robot would work, but I'm sure you could like instead of brushing it, you could like polish it. Yeah, no, but you get, you get a nice <laughs> polish. That'd be cute. Sharpen its its tail blade. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tighten the screws on like exactly. the the tail plate that it can't reach. You can throw it like a you know like a lead pipe instead of a stick for playing Aww, fetch. That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, no, it's just it's a little dog pal. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not not much else you can say. It's just a cool dog. Based on dude. the size comparison, uh, little box in the mm-hmm. in the ninth world creaturey, they're they're decently sized dogs too. They're like yeah, they, maybe not full on Saint Bernard, but definitely like a 
daily. You will never let me live that down, will you? Oh, it's a very good. It's a good bit. I love that. <laughs> um, maybe a Great Dane. I was going to say maybe like a big German Shepherd. Ooh, yeah. Maybe so, a rot. A rot. A good old rot. A rot bot. You got, someone's got to make a Rottweiler robot named the Rotbot. The <laughs> Rotbot. That's very good. I wonder if, like, just how with other breeds of dogs, there are different, like, makes and models of warders. Ooh, yeah, you got, like, the, the like you know, uh, one that's like a, like a bloodhound and is, like, speed variant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can, it has a throttle. <laughs> I wonder now what would say like you know like like a dachshund or a pug warder. Be oh like? fuck! Um, <laughs> it just has a well, butter I, knife I, in its mouth. Yeah, it's it's just <laughs> <laughs> clank clank clank. Oh pugs! They just they just drool oil. Yeah, and, they and, just, and, and grease. They lay around. You're like, all right, ward, warder pug, pugger, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> <laughs> We've done some shit to dogs, y'all. Yeah, we have done some shit to dogs. Uh, on, be- on behalf of all dogs, I'm sorry about pugs. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, pugs. You don't. You didn't deserve this life. You, d- you didn't deserve this life. But maybe you're just trying to live it. Maybe warders are the souls of pugs in a cool, given, new given metallic new body that they can actually breathe yeah well they don't probably don't need to because they don't need to anymore oh how freeing would that be oh dude i i wouldn't have to worry about my stuffed nose right if now. you got congested yeah you wouldn't matter it wouldn't matter it i wouldn't would... have a cough yeah there you go beans oh man when i die put me in a put me in a water it's all yeah it's almost like we should just give up this this fleshy mortal coil and um, put ourselves into mechanical bodies. Yeah, just become a few a few petabytes on a hard drive. There you go. Call it that. Johnny Depp had it right in that weird movie where he uploaded himself into the internet. Yeah, or like in Soma. Or that too. Oh man, yeah. what a good what a what good a game. game, guys! Go play Soma. Soma by I don't know the developers. Frictional name. Games. But yes, not sponsored. Soma. Not not sponsored, but hey, hit us up there, Frictional Games. Yep. <laughs> we really enjoyed your game. Your your gamers are very good. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, so that is Warder. Shall we scoot on to our next little friend? Let's scoot a toot on over. All right, I'm, a, I'm down to scootitude. Our next creature is known as a rog. R-H-O-G. A rog. Rog. I yeah, want ro- a rog. Rog! I was going to say rog on, so there we go. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rog on! Bow! Um, I, I, I do need your help here, Griffin. Um, yeah? If, if you'll turn to the page with me. I'm there. All right, Um, will you read this? It's sort of a script at the beginning, uh, at, the, at the top here. Uh-huh. And I think this would be a fun way to, to, to scoot on in. This is at the very top of the entry for rogs mm-hmm. in the Ninth World Creatiary. Um. When I was a young man, I would have made big bets that something as big as a city couldn't sneak up on me. But then I met that slying behemoth of a fish. You needed new pants after that, didn't you, Traston? Only because that monster threw me in the water, you daster! <laughs> and that's from Overheard at Tentacles Rest in Harmuth, which apparently is a place in the Ninth World. I'd believe it. Anyway, a rog is a 
gigantic, somewhere across between like an elephant, a crocodile, and like a whale. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Fantastic. You got the, the elephant mass, kind of the long crocodile body with the tail and the legs. Yeah, and then, but then like the sort of elephant tusks, kind of. Yeah, the elephant tusks, the head, the kind of rotundness of the whale. Yeah. This is a bit of a long shot of a reference here. Oh, but it kind you of. No, I won't get it. It's possible. Do you ever watch? It's it's a cartoon movie called We're Back. John Goodman plays a Tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> named Rex, who are sent to the, he and a group of other dinosaurs are sent to the future oh. to bring happiness to children. <laughs> <laughs> nope, sorry. And, and, and Rogs kind of remind me of the design for Rex, but just green and and more crocodilian. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the the creature describes them as the behemoths of the open water. Rogs are surface creatures, preferring to stay up where the air is warmer and the sunlight can reach the long churl vines that grow along their backs, tails, and legs. This symbolic relationship causes rogs to emit a chemical compound that decreases the sound of their movement through the water. What the shit? I know, right? They're crazy quiet. So the, and I'm seeing this now. I thought that was just like debris they picked up while they were swimming. No, it's, yeah, there's all these vines hanging off of it. It's like they have kelp or some shit growing on them. Yeah. That's so cool. Now it says that despite their giant size and predatory nature, they don't typically hunt or eat humans and, in fact, seem more interested in interacting with them. So this is where, where I pulled the whale into it as well. Because you know like how like, like a lot of whales and orcas and stuff, like they're like, ooh, humans are here. I want to hang out. Sure. And, and until, you know, they we start... I'm, I'm not going to get into the dark side of uh, yeah. of the whaling industry here. Yeah, UTP shit's fucked. Let's go to the ninth world. Yes, we, we've also done some shit to whales. We've anyway. Some, yeah. We've done a shit to the planet, anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. It says, however, rocks are formidable when it comes to self-defense maneuvers and are sometimes trained by organized armies as stealth weapons. Fuck that, dude. Oh, my God. Other creatures such as fringe rays often swim close to rocks using the behemoth's sound-dampening chemicals to their own advantage. Nice. So they, oh, what's it called? They draft with the rock. Like a remoraid and a mantine. Exactly. Yeah, no, it says, yeah, they're not very aggressive, but once you, you if you you prove to be a, a threat, they go ham on you. <laughs> they're very large. They have large sort of uh, um, tusks coming, oh, like pretty much four tusks, two very large that sort of come up and curve past their, the, t- the upper jaw yeah, and Almost top to of the, the point of being horns. Almost, yes. And then uh, two uh, shorter ones in the very front of the mouth. Um, so I'm assuming they have some pretty big crushing jaws there. Yeah. That massive size. They've got some very powerful limbs, it seems, and a very long uh, tail that has some fins on it as well. These yeah. things are built like a fucking brick shithouse. Uh, I believe the modern phrase is, what a fucking unit. <laughs> what a fucking unit! <laughs> For real, though. Or, yeah, alternatively, it- big chungus. But yeah, no, they're they're. I, I think they're they're kind of really cute. 
It says that the other curious nature, they're very interested in that in interacting with humans. They're known to swim alongside boats and other watercraft for many miles, sometimes helping to steal away from dangerous, uh, steer them away from dangerous predators, and sometimes attacking other ships that threaten the one they've become attached to. They're like, yeah, like a pot of dolphins would. Kind, yeah, exactly. Or you know, like so like an orca. If you you, mm-hmm. you become pretty close with like a like an orca, like it's gonna sit there, it's gonna fuck things up that try to mess with you. <laughs> it says they play uh, uh, with or entertain crew members through a series of tail slaps and water sprays. Oh my god! They seem Very to have cool. an odd sense of fun, but they might not realize <laughs> their own size, as more than one boat has been capsized by an overly playful rock. No. <laughs> And so and no one seems to know what makes a rock uh, become attached to a boat or its crew. That's so cool. But they're just kind of big, cute. Like it's like when you have a like a dog that thinks it's a lap, like like it's just like a big, big dog yeah. that thinks it's a lap dog, but it's not. That was my dog Clyde. He was like yeah. seventy pounds of basset hound. Plus, like I'm going like, to sit on you. Yep. And well, he, his thing he would do is he would sit and then fall over onto you. <laughs> yeah, his whole body. Oh, man. Basically just, like, trust fall onto you. But yeah, these things, like, there's no size comparison box, and I think that's just because these things are massive. They're, well, pro- they're so big. In that picture, it looks like there's someone in, like, a very small boat, like a canoe on the yeah. water, on the surface of the water. Yeah. So, yeah, these things are... It's a bit of a comparison, and it's massive. They're gargantuan. It's so big. Oh, but they're so cute. And I just want to be friends with one. Yeah. It doesn't uh, seem like they speak, right? They just no, like, no. They, just... they they are anim- more animals than they yeah. are like an intelligent creature. I would say. I mean, like as smart as like a whale is. Like whales yeah. are very smart. That's true. But yeah, no. Just if uh, you're, you you live sort of uh, on a a bunch a set of like riverways or near a, a yeah. big body of water or maybe in, you know, like, even like a pretty big deep swamp i was saying like my my first impression looking at these guys was that they were perhaps like swamp dwellers yeah no like, be- this is a very this is a very good candidate for a swamp thing well like both its coloration but also like just the vines that grow yeah. off of it like would also just help that sort of camouflage even more it's big swamp energy imagine trudging through a swamp and then like that big head just comes like poking uh, out of the water and like yeah like nose exhales and like you're like whoa it kind of have to take a step back because of how strong the breeze is but it, it just like, wants to play it just wants to play well that or or it's guarding like the shack of someone who lives there yeah and it's like don't you fucking go near it <laughs> Don't you dare. I'm cool. And then I'm like, all right, Mr. Rock, I'm fine with that. I'm out of here. I just, I I can, I can picture this thing just cruising through a marsh with a couple people flanking it on like the big airboat things. Yeah. Playing the dueling banjos. Oh, man. And then it like gets skipping. Mm Mm-hmm. But this thing just kind of cruises through. We in the Everglades, baby. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very Everglades, like. Oh, oh man, it's it's a swamp thing. It's a swamp thing. Oh, they're so cool. I love them. I'm obsessed. Anyway, that, this is that one is of those. Rocks. Yeah, this is one of those bits where like I'm just too fascinated by it to make jokes about it. Yeah, for real though. Like I have nothing like, funny to say. I just have wholesome shit to say about this monster. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see sort of like a free Willy esque movie with a rog. Ooh, 
where it's like, we got to get you out of here. And it's just because it's just big and misunderstood. And, and it keeps and he, doing damage around the town because he doesn't know Everyone his own keeps size. gawking at him. Yeah. yeah. Like, get out of like, here, swampy. He's like, just wants to be free. And, like, that Michael Jackson song plays and it, like, yeah. jumps the little, like, little walkway over the water. I think the movie is, this is a, this is a, like, Disney Channel original movie style, like, high school setting where Mm. the Swampy, quote-unquote, is, like, this town's mascot, and it's this thing kind of akin to the Loch Ness Monster, but no one believes it really exists. It's, like, a cryptid until some unassuming high schooler who's, like, you know, on the, like, adjacent to all the sports teams and whatnot finds the real Swampy, which is a rog, and everyone's like, oh, I'm gonna be the most popular kid in school because I discovered Swampy. But then, like, everyone's actually terrified of Swampy. Mm-hmm. And then, then it becomes the, yeah, it's like, we gotta get you out of here, Swampy. So kind of a mixture of Pete's Dragon and... Do you ever watch the Hey Arnold, not Hey Arnold, the Doug movie when they find, like, a swamp creature? And they yeah. name it Herman Melville? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, sort of a cross between that. Yeah, a lot like that. I'm here for it. Starring... Uh... I don't know any young actors nowadays. Ooh, um, I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to think of a good Harry Styles. No, star it has to star Gaten Matarazzo, right? Oh yeah, like it's got like it, yeah yeah it, yeah yeah yeah. A, a Gaten Matarazzo or a Finn Wolfhard, either of those good those good Stranger Things boys. That's a good call. I Probably think... Gaten. I love Gaten Matarazzo. I think he's great. Oh yeah, he's got he's got good energy for this flick. Um, um I think the the parents. Are Ryan Reynolds and yeah, I don't okay, know, and Ryan Reynolds and hmm, oh god, also Ryan Reynolds, but like they do a Gemini Man thing. <laughs> no, um, um, oh god, what? She was in a movie with Ryan Reynolds. It's called Just Friends. I can't remember her name. I think it's Britney Smart, maybe. Yes, and and that would be the be be a mom. Britney Spears? No. No, smart. Because <laughs> she's smart. Amy Smart. Amy Smart. That's what, that's what her name is. All right, cool. She was also in the Butterfly Effect, because I definitely saw that movie. Nice. I still have a tab for musk sticks open. God, I don't <laughs> want musk sticks. All right. Um, and I think that um, we should get for like the principal of the high school cuz like that like he's definitely got the, the principal of the high school's definitely got to like play a part in the movie. Yeah. And I think ooh like maybe like a Wanda Sykes would be ooh. a good a good a, a good choice. I was thinking maybe or a Jeff Goldblum. A Je- okay. Well, yeah. That could be good. Um <laughs> That could be good. Um Trying we'll, to think of another choice. We'll talk to our casting director. We'll talk to yeah. We'll, we'll hash it out. It'd be good. Awesome. All right. So that wraps up Rogs. I believe that, that that's a wrap on Rogs. Everybody, it's a wrap on Rogs. Uh, thank you, Rogs. You're great job. Great job, Rogs. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a full it's a production wrap. Nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rogs. Rogs are great, and I love them, and I want them to be my friends. I have another sort of maritime creature. I do to... love the aquatic side of things. Yes. Um, you are is... a bit of a, a waterbender, if you will. It, it's true. Despite my, my uh, former fondness for the air, 
back when I had wings. Um, mm-hmm. I've really, I've really kind of settled into uh, uh, the styles of the tides and you know that shit. I'm Earth all the way, baby. Hell yeah. You're wearing your earthbending shirt. Right I'm, now, I'm wearing my earthbending shirt yeah. right now, actually. Still, the waterbender one's still out of stock. Oh, man. Box Someday lunch. come back. Box lunch, you gotta give me that waterbender uh, shirt. W- w- box lunch, why you gotta do him dirty like that? He's just, he just wants a shirt. Quit doing me dirty, life. Yeesh. Anyway. Um, whereas our former creatures uh, were, were pretty friendly, this one I, I think might be a bit more trouble... Uh, to, to get there, but I think it's possible. We've got some uh, Lorubs. A Lorub. I'm going to go with Lorub. L-O-R-U-B. A Lorub. A Lorub. A Lorub. Aye, that's the Lorub. Shit. I got him. You big Lorub. Anyway, uh, Lorubs. Uh, they're described as, uh, in the creaturey, uh, 12 foot long water dwelling beasts that hunt for fish, mammals, and the occasional drowned fisher. Okay. They uh, have, have the sort of fish biology, you know, the tubular body with uh, some fins off, big, big fins off the, the lower body, um, kind of a swoopy tail. The mouth is where things get interesting. Which is perhaps my favorite thing to say on this show. Uh, <laughs> uh, because kind of like, oh, what's the... There's a, a kind of shark, I think, that has a really long, extended snout. and So a very like long but thin mouth. Um, picture that, but at the end of the mouth, it's this sort of dorsal ridge... Uh, Above the jaw and below the jaw, it's almost like almost like a vertical disc that makes up the front of its jaw. If that makes any kind of sense, I'm describing this poorly. They're also bright red. <laughs> I think you do. Yeah, they are bright red, and they seem to. This is where we see some of, I guess, that uh, ninth world stuff. And it looks like they have some sort of like mechanical interface on them. Maybe. It, yeah, it looks like there might be some sort of like big USB port or something. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird. Let's read more and find out if the creaturey has any information for us. Uh, Lorubs can breathe air and can hold their breath for several hours. They can be caught and tamed as mounts, um, but (laughs) even trained lorubs uh, will dunk their riders from time to time. (laughs) In dim light or darkness, lorub skins give off a luminescent gleam. When lorub pods swim in formation beneath the water at night, their glowing forms make it easy to mark their passage. Though sometimes the creatures are mistaken for a single, much larger beast, causing something of a scare. Their primary motive does seem to be... uh, They're they're very uh, hunger-motivated. They they just kind of want to... You know, they, they exist to eat and survive. They are hunters. Mm-hmm. That's their primary directive, I guess. Yeah, they live near coastlines in pods of like three to five at a time, usually. Um, Lorubs tend to avoid peril and combat, if at all possible. If they do have to defend themselves, they prefer to use a... Um, they have a, a, a venom spray. 
that they can um, short out at at kind of a short range. Uh, Otherwise, they must resort to uh, bashing foes with their... uh, The protrusion on the front of their mouth is described as a bony, club-like muzzle. So it's just like a big rubber mallet on the front of their head. A big bludgeoning tool. (laughs) Yeah. A big face hammer. Uh Uh-huh. If uh, a Lorub is, unfortunately, killed in the water, venom leaks from its corpse into the surrounding fluid, potentially affecting living creatures nearby, which is no good. Yeah. That's not great. Uh, However, thanks to their strong front flippers and their muscular torsos, Lorubs can move on land as well as in the sea. Oh, and they're so sometimes like seals. Yeah, they sort I, of seal around. They do. They do have that. Yeah. The now that you mentioned it, that is very a very good description for the the torso of this thing. The the yeah the, the general stuff. They don't have the back sort of fins, but yeah, they can kind of do the the seal sort of flop movement. Yeah. Um, they are sometimes caught and trained as mounts by fisher people. More often, they are encountered in the wild, swimming along the coast or following boats out to sea. There's even been recorded cases of pirates using lorubs as mounts hunting watercraft. Ooh. Which is pretty, pretty radical. It's uh, rad, but I mean, like, also, like, that'd be real scary to you. Oh, for sure, dude. Just roll up. Just glowing things come skipping at you. And the pirates are like, give me all your, your Luminera. <laughs> and that, all your shins. Yes, you're ciphers now. And then they open their mouths and the venom sprays out of the lower <laughs> up. And they're like, oh, God. Not all my right. eyes. Take them all. <laughs> yeah, you got lorups. They're they're uh, a glowing hunter riding fish that sometimes look like seals. <laughs> I imagine these guys would be great at making sandcastles. Yo... Really though, like you know, they they can get a nice like clean edge with mm-hmm. like the width of their like fins. They get, like give it a nice pat, have a nice Laura sun lay uh, a pat down a great ca- foundation with the, oh definitely their flat head yeah, kind of no, turn sideways. Oh yeah, no. Oh man, now we just gotta get the Lorb Sandcastle competition together. Ooh. I that's mean, a do it right here in the B try. That's great. that's a foray. That's that's a, a form of competition that we have not uh, abridged ourselves to is sand, competitive sandcastling. There we go. There's a market I think there. It's time. I think it's time. At what point do we just have a full Olympics of creatures? I think we might. I think we'll now. get there one day. Yeah, one day we will get there. We will arrive, and it'll be glorious. Yeah. I, I'm I'm still curious about the it didn't there was nothing really in the uh, in the text here to describe what that sort of mechanical looking component is on the side of their torso. Hmm. Because that's the thing about the ninth world is that so much is unknown. Yeah. Because so much of it is from millennia past. Interesting. They also have that cool sort of like hexagonal pattern. All yeah. That I wonder where that stems from. Maybe they have, like, maybe part of their, like, underneath that red flesh is some sort of, like, synthetic weave. Like, that's where know. the that's where the luminescence comes from. Ooh, that, that's fair. Maybe they're, maybe they're diesel-powered and no one knows. <laughs> they, yeah, they maybe have that... a secret lore of gas station. <laughs> maybe that thing on the side of the chest is where you put in the, the gas pump. 
to fuel up the Lorub. I like to think the Lorub itself is like sitting there, like checking its watch. Like, yeah, come yeah. on, <sighs> I've got to hate- be at the office in twenty minutes. <laughs> <sighs> now I just pictured one in a suit and tie. Yeah, it just looks Veron- silly. Yeah. You know, Veronica, she's you know rising up in the company. Mm-hmm. She's on her way, but she's kind of. She's encountering some hardships, you know? She's she's working in a man's world, but yeah. she's making her way. And the land-dwelling world. And, and the land-dwelling world at the same time. So, really, she's... You, you could say that she's a fish out of water. Hey, hey, bada bunts. Uh, anyway, you got anything else to say about Larubs? I mean, they're great. They're, they're real cool. Like, <laughs> I, like, riding around. Like, I want to see, like, a Triton... From from the you know Forgotten Realms, Ooh. ride around on a Lorub cross promotion. Yeah, yeah, cross definitely. cross pollination. Sure, yeah. I want to. Uh, what is it? What's the thing where you um, someone's someone's you you've got a you've got a, a like a parachute or like a wind catcher in the air and you're standing on a surfboard kiteboarding kiteboarding. I want a kiteboard on the back of a Lorub. Ooh, that would be cool. So, like, I'm, I'm like, harnessed into the Lorub and deploy this thing just to let the Lorub kind of, like, get to take it easy for a bit. I, and just I will be say, I think, we, by the waves. I think we have done a kiteboarding thing when we did Wyverns, I will say. That's true, but that was that was in reverse. Yeah. Because the, so the Wyverns were pulling you. This is the kite pulling the Lorub. This is for the Lorub's entertainment. That's fair. Because these things look like they need some some fun in their lives. Yeah. That, okay. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that'll that'll take that'll close the book on Lorubs for now. All right. Our, well, our big fishy friends, uh, fare thee well. That means we only have one more left. I hope there's a lot of diesel for you to drink down there. Diesel. <laughs> and my friends, this is a, a, a trip. Our last one. Our last one. What you got My for goodness. me? So this is called, and I'm not, I, I, no joke, a vape. Fuck you. What? It's called a vape. You're, what page is this on? This is on page 131 of the Ninth World Creatuary. God damn it. It's called a vape. It's called a vape. <laughs> Gotta have my vape. Here we Gotta go. Gotta have my vape. Now, uh, what's uh, someone by the name of Gadarson, the one-armed, says vapes are nothing more than art with delusions of life. Well, that and very sharp. What I, the fuck? I don't know what that means, but it's what in the book. What are these things? So, a Wh- vape has what no is width. It? So it hunts, one more time. Sorry, I talked over it you a little no bit. It has no width. It has no width? It has no width. This thing is two-dimensional? It is a two-dimensional creature. When it hunts uh, its prey head-on, it appears as nothing more than a thread-thin black line stretching up from the ground to a shoulder-high height. Only when it turns, or if it is seen from the side, is the vape revealed as a massive, furred canid, long-muzzled and sharp-toothed with piercing eyes. What the The claws and fangs... Appear formidable, but the vape's entire body is a molecule-thin blade. A vape is also referred to as a blade hound. It's a scalpel dog! It's a scalpel dog. 
What the shit, Ninth World? Now it says that they can. Why be found are they called vapes? <laughs> I have no because like vapor, they're they're thin like vapor. Oh my god! And they can be found almost anywhere. They hunt alone or in packs of up to six. Jesus Christ! They move in like a hashtag formation. <laughs> uh, who knows? So uh, this is funny. It says vapes body sharper than a scalpel hey. by a few uh, orders of magnitude. Ignore armor. Oh, I know, right? says it can cut through water, snow, mud, and other terrain features that would slow or hindle, hinder that would slow or hinder normal creatures without any penalties to its movement. There's a reason I went to scalpels first cuz like that's the real world UTP application of like mono molecular blades yeah. is scalpels like like that are like blades that are literally a molecule thin. Yeah. For hyper precise surgeries. Which is why I refer to it as a scalpel dog. The fact that these are sharper than that is terrifying. Yes. And are sentient. They are. They're, they're, they're ah! hunters. Yes. Um, uh, it says that it's attacked. Um, it can cause a lot of bleeding in people. Which is yeah, I'll say. Great. It says that they have the intelligence of cunning animal predators. They can communicate with <sighs> each other using howls that cut the night air. Huh. And when heard from afar, these howls are usually the only interactions that humans have with vapes that isn't violent. Oh, God. Yes, they, uh, their packs prefer to hunt in environments that naturally slow or even trap other animals and travelers, such as swamplands or mudflats. They instinctively understand that even powerful prey is targeted more easily in such terrain. Alternatively, a lone vape may serve um, uh, you know, a, a person as a trained courser able to sniff out prey while remaining hidden. These things must be so easy to lose track of. Now it says that they they can be um once you've defeated one, you can salvage something called a mono blade from them. Probably along the same line as like a very very razor thin sharp blade, okay. because that's what these dogs are made of. Yes, they're yes. They're very scary. What the shit? It, how, how did... How did... I don't know. How did... I'm interested to Why know. are they called vapes? Well, they kind of got like a little vapor thing coming off of them, too. So give me, give me, a, give me a more... So if I'm looking at this thing and it's not a, just a thin black line, what does this thing resemble? All right, yes. So from the side, um, it's got... A, a a sort of purplish, um, you know, like a dog snoot. Um, it looks like it has six nostrils instead of two. That's upsetting. Um, a mouth of just very razor sharp teeth. What looks like four glowing, piercing eyes. Um, its ears long, sort of uh, into a flowy sort of tendril off the end. There, the whole thing's very flowy. Yeah. It, it, most of its fur is white, sort of um, spines going down the the, the spinal cord uh, towards the back, and you know a a, a lupine esque tail. Um, its bottom half, like the uh, underbelly, seems to sort of be like open in like slits. It's like a lattice or, almost. Yeah, a, a lattice of sorts that like light and sort of a vapor seems to be coming from, which I guess might be how it gets its name. Maybe. And. uh... Yeah, it's real, real scary looking. Why is it called a vape? 
don't know, yo. Fape life. I mean, the practical applications of this thing as your buddy, like, are very clear. You've got a crazy sneaky dog. Does this suggest that... Okay, so we actually need to hop on this really quick, Zach, because uh, the U.S. is about to ban flavored vapes. Are they? Yeah. Oh, man. So, So we need to, like, be ready to pounce on all of that unusable stock and flavor the fuck out of these vapes. Oh man, I would love like like a like a cherry flavored vape or yeah. scented, I guess, vape. Yeah. I like a good uh like a peppermint orange. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Um maybe uh I back back in my 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 young days when I would smoke hookah a lot. Yeah. The, uh there was always this re- very good like melon flavor that Ooh. like that would rock. It's called Maybach Melon, and nice. it's great. And uh, yeah, no, that would be rad. Like just to have 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 my vape maybe instead like have like a cool like purplish undercolor. Could we, could we get into vape like underlighting like a car? Oh, because it's got this light kind of coming from below. Yeah, it's like what what if we could f- find a way to get that color to change? That'd be cool. We 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 really need to invest in some microtech, some yeah. some nanotech. There we go. Because it has to be the the things that we install on the vape have to have no width. Otherwise, it's just that, like if you install the lighting, you just have you just have this string of LED lights underneath a black line charging towards that's you. That's fair. Yeah. Now this this isn't practical. Do they make savory vapes? Like like it's like a, like a beef flavor or something. Yeah, or like a like a chicken broth vape. I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be a, weird. A potato vape, baked potato vape. Yeah, no. Our, our, our dear Curtis sent. Um, uh, what was it? Dan sent our friend Curtis from work. Yeah, a nice twenty-second-long video that the whole time is just our boss pulling from his vape. Yeah, just nonstop for a good twenty seconds. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Chris. As hey, someone, bud. as someone who's never vaped in his entire life. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. But that's that's not for me to understand. I suppose. Well, look. I mean, like, it's, if it's people that have like smoked like cigarettes forever, yeah, looking for a non. I mean, I'm not gonna say a better for like way. I mean, it's definitely a tastier right way to smoke, but without like that, the tar, <laughs> without the like rat poison, yeah, being inhaled into your lungs all the time. But they're still pretty it's, bad, as far as I can tell. It's, it's, it's not great for you. Yeah, just like these weird dogs. It's a not as bad version of cigarettes. But yes, just like these very weird dogs that honestly are very cool. I'm still hung up on the fact that this thing is 2D. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that like appears nothing more than a thread thin black line stretching up from the ground to shoulder height. So like it's just like a vertical... If I'm looking at this thing head on, it's just like a vertical black line? Yeah. That's so weird. Yes. That's and then it turns so... sideways and it's this horrifying dog creature. And can you imagine if it moves in like a like a, a serpentine Well, motion? yeah, like, like like you see in the in the picture here. Yeah. You're like... Every, every little bit you're seeing like it kind of... 
kind of come into picture, but then it never, never fully. It would be the most perplexing image to ever see, I think. Yeah, because things have width in this world. Paper has width. Like, how does it see? Because, like, if it has no width, then as soon as, like, what's the word I'm trying to say? You would assume that it can only see what's directly to the sides of it. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like a fly where it has, like, I don't know, just this, like, 270-degree cone of vision in front of it that it can process through. I don't know, dog. Uh we're we're talking about things far beyond our our know-how here our our, our lame utp perceptions of reality and how yeah, things work because on this plane things have width uh, fuck this is this very is perplexing got to have my vape got to have my vape and you can too by letting us know here at Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop just hit us up on Twitter at pet shop cast send us a dm and we'll get back to you. So, of these four creatures, here's my closing statement. Of these four creatures, warders, rogs, lorubs, and vapes, which of them sounds most like a candy? Probably a lorub. Lorubs, yeah. I was going to say maybe warders kind of sound like worthers. That's fair. That's also fair. <laughs> like maybe if someone from like, I'm trying to think of a good region, maybe someone from like Vermont. Was like, hey, uh, you want to pass me some of them Warders? Yeah. <laughs> a Warders original. A Warders original. Lorubs sound like a... Mm, almost like a cherry-flavored candy of some kind. Yeah. Like it's a chocolate-covered cherry or something. But it's also on fire. Whoa. I don't know. <laughs> Alam, what was that? Flambe. Was it when it, flambe! Wait, I think so. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's Flambe. All right, cool. Right? Uh, I think so. Let's do a quick Google just to confirm our own flambe. Yeah, flambe. Excellent. Okay. Flambe. (laughs) I think that wraps up our our second official uh, venture into the ninth world. Here we are. Here we are. I think a little stronger having known... um, I'm going to start looking for large swamp properties so that I can get myself a rog. We we may have been more prepared for the flavors of the ninth world, but I was still not ready for vapes. Oh, vapes are buck wild. God. I still want a rog, and I will want one till my dying day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. This was, oh. a, this was a fun one. Um, mm-hmm. And just as a reminder to you all, we did this episode in... in uh, honor of our uh, sibling show, Imprinted Echoes, and their rebrand. So be sure mm-hmm. to go check them out at Ghostlight Media. Uh, they're an actual play Numenera podcast, family-friendly as well, unlike mm-hmm. the schmucks we are. <laughs> yeah, unlike this show and our other sister show, Another Path, where we just drop them F-bombs all the time. We're, we're sweary boys. We are. We, we like our swears. It's true, it's true. We both we both spend a lot of time working with children, so that we value the time we get to swear. Yes, yes, it's it's a it's a cherished moment. Anyway, thank you so much for checking out this here episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Patch Up. Please be sure to uh, check us out all over the internet if you are interested in any sort of creature from mm-hmm. any sort of canon, world, realm, 
anything like that, please send us a message on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. Absolutely. We will discuss it on this show. We will. We love hearing from you all. Absolutely. Um, Yes. We've got a solid year's worth of content. Uh, if you want to ever, if you're just joining us recently, um, you can head back and listen to some earlier episodes. I occasionally listen to like the first 15 minutes of an old episode while I'm cooking or something, and I still laugh at some of the jokes. So we're we're remotely funny. We're we're marginally funny. So and I th- I think that we enough for a podcast. Yeah, I'm just here for it. <laughs> All right, folks. So I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, I've been Griffin. I have been Zach. And just remember, folks, at the end of the day. Well, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love, baby. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Why why is it called a vape? I don't know. Thank you all for listening to episode 30 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and our new and improved Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the fantastic, amazing people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Atan, Carlin, and Connor for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. That's going to be all for this week, but we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. And until then, seriously, check out the Ninth World. There's some crazy shit there. Also, musk sticks. Check out musk sticks. Or don't. Probably not. This is a Ghost Like Media production.